Welcome in our buddy Troy Rank. Troy Rank at Denver 7 joins us, presented by ROX Rocks, heating and air. Troy, I'm going to get right to it because the Broncos had a big win. I thought it was a big win. Anyone who was there thought it was a big win. First win in the AFC West all year long. Jerry Rossberg's first head coaching win of his career. Should Jerry Rossberg get serious consideration to be the the next year's head coach of the Denver Broncos? No, no. I like Jerry. Uh, He was perfectly cast to be the adult in the room for two weeks, but they're not looking at someone that, you know, has never done it before. They're shooting for the moon with Harbaugh, with Peyton, you know, to lesser degree, Dan Quinn, but guys who've been to Super Bowls, proven track records, they just, they can't mess this one up. And Rosberg's style worked. I don't know that it would work over 17 weeks, over a full season. It would work for special teams for a season. But Why, why do you say that, Troy? Sorry to jump on you, but why, why wouldn't it work for a whole season? Um, I mean, I just, it's he's a little earnest in the way he coaches, a little, it's not so much old school, it's just, with a modern-day player, it would be, a, a, for me, a little bit difficult over 17 weeks. If that's, and it's not a criticism of him. It's more of how athletes have evolved. That It would take a special fit with an assistant. You know, a different, I just don't think it would work over 17 weeks. It worked for two weeks when he was viewed that way, uh, and he did instill discipline. The Rosberg effect was real on special teams, to, but to be in command of the entire team, I think it would be difficult. And in this situation, I think, frankly, it would be unfair to him because there's so much at stake for this franchise with this ownership. Again, I just don't think they can risk it with a first-time head coach, a guy who's never been a coordinator on the offense or defensive side of the ball. Troy, I played for the Broncos. I played for the Chargers. So when I go to my social media, it's a mixture of Bronco fans and Charger fans. Uh, what do you say to the narrative that I was seeing last night that the Chargers let the Broncos win? Because to me, you know, I call BS on that because the Chargers let the Broncos win after they were down by two scores. Before they were down by two scores, the Chargers were definitely trying to win that game. And then when, you know, you start seeing Mike Williams get the back injury, now you have to weigh in on the risk and reward factor if you're the Chargers. But what do you say to that just whole notion that, you know, the Broncos didn't beat the Chargers yesterday. Yeah, I mean, if the Chargers were going to let them win, why'd they play their starters beyond a couple of series? They were trying to win that game. I mean, I couldn't believe what I was watching. I'm still confused today what Brandon Staley was trying to prove or do. This idea he said afterward that you only have a certain amount of guys that are active and it's hard to find, you know, a fit and playing time. Like, what, what are we talking about? Was he trying to get guys varsity letters? Like, you rest guys. That's what you do leading into the playoffs. You get them some reps and you get them out because their team is entirely different when Mike Williams is on the field and Keenan Allen are on the field. Why those two were still out there, I have no idea. Uh, but, no, the Chargers didn't let them win. Now, did it with some of their starters out? Of course it did. But the Broncos need not apologize for a win. They hadn't won in the AFC West, and they've traditionally played the Chargers well. They've beaten the Chargers at full strength. It's the only team, frankly, they've beaten in the division the last couple of years. So that's silly talk. Uh, the Broncos deserve to win, and it's a meaningless win in some ways because it's the fifth out of 17. But for them not to have the indignity of going taking the bagel in the AFC West, they haven't done that uh, oh since 1982. So I, I'm happy for those players not to have a 13th loss, which this franchise has never done in a season, and not to have a winless division, which you just you don't want that on your resume as a player. Troy, Alex Singleton kind of came out of nowhere this season as a defensive player for the Broncos. We knew we were getting a tackling machine from Philadelphia, but I don't think anyone understood really um, how all over the field this guy would be. Um, I think he's impressed a lot of folks. 
is it an imperative to keep him on this team? And who else on this defense um, do, do you want to keep around and who needs to be upgraded? Well, in terms of Singleton, I absolutely would find a spot for him because he also has special teams versatility. So depending on the new coach, scheme, his fit, he has a place on any team because he's also a great special teams demon. But he's a tackling machine, as you mentioned. His passion and love for the game are unmatched. He plays with incredible energy uh, that you can just see. It's palpable. Uh, I would bring him back no matter the scheme, no matter the coach. Uh, They have to look at adding another corner to protect himself with Kwan Williams having injury issues. Damari Mathis played well as a rookie, but I would want to protect myself at corner. Ronald Darby, I'm sure they'll move on from, unfortunately, because of his knee injury. And if Draymond Jones isn't re-signed, I would try to bring him back, but I also understand they, they might have five new starters on offense. They might have three new starters on offensive line. They might not have the money and the fit for Draymond Jones. And I want to see him get paid. It may not be here. You could franchise tag him. I understand that, but it leaves you little flexibility when you do it that way. And so you might be looking for a young defensive end uh, that can fill in if you're unable to pay Draymond Jones. But for me, you're probably going to have to add a safety because Kareem Jackson, there's no guarantee he's back, and you can't really count on Caden uh, Stearns on being healthy. I like him. He hasn't been healthy. So for me, you're going to look at probably defensive end, at a corner, and you're going to have to probably bring in a safety through free agency of the draft. Um, Troy, this Broncos team averaged, what was that, 27.5 points in the last two games under Justin Outen calling plays. Um, just what are your thoughts on that, and what does it say that Nathaniel Hackett said, hey, yeah, you know what, we're not going to go in this direction, we'll go with Clint Kubiak. You know, should it have been Justin Outen? I know that when Nathaniel Hackett, the head coach, removes himself from play calling, you can't really go with the next first-time person. You had to go with somebody now that has done it before as far as where the state of the franchise was at that point when Clint became the guy. But, man, it looks like there's something there with Justin Outland. He's a conservative play caller until he's not. Yesterday we saw Russell Wilson connect with, I think it was, three deep balls in the second half, and it was over 50 yards. So kind of just want to get your overall assessment on Justin Outland. Yeah, listen, Nathaniel Hackett knows football. You put him on the whiteboard, you know, he'll amaze you. The problem for me, and in talking to multiple people the last few weeks, Orlando, when I was asking why was this offense so bad for so long, and a lot of players talked to me about, you know, they just felt like they would abandon the game plan early on when it wasn't working perfectly, and they end up doing stuff they really didn't practice a lot. And what was their default? Oh, three wide and shotgun. And then as soon as they got hurt at receiver and offensive line, that was the absolute worst possible thing they could do. So without what he did was we're going to be a running team first, and then spin off of that. And that's what Russell Wilson did in Seattle. I know he tried to get away from that some, and, he, and Russell did buy into the idea of pass more. But as we've seen, that's not Russell Wilson's strength. His strength is play off a sound running game. So it opens bootleg. It opens the moving pocket. It opens play action. And then you see the deep strikes. As you mentioned, three passes of over 50-plus yards. He led the NFL, I believe, in 50-plus yard completions this year. Wilson, that's who he is. So credit to Alton for just saying, hey, we're going to have an identity. We're going to run the football, and then we're going to do everything off that. That's who, no matter the coach, I think you do see a blueprint on how Russell Wilson can rebound next year. That's be a physical running team and then allow him to make big plays off of that. Kind of like how they did in Seattle, right? So you just mentioned yeah. you just mentioned five potential new starters on offense. You said three on the offensive line. What are the other two? 
Well, for me, I mean, it could be a left guard if you don't re-sign Dalton Reisner and they've had no talks there or with, you know, again, with Draymond Jones's folks. But you could have a new left guard. Maybe that's Quinn Bailey. Maybe it's not. You could have a new center to replace Glasgow and Cushenberry. You're definitely going to have a new right tackle for Turner. Uh, I mean, I think we've had more uh, right tackles than spinal taps at drummers since O had the position. It's been a carousel. And then, I, you, for me, you need to add a playmaking receiver. That might be through the draft because of the budget. And you're going to have to add a young running back or a running back. I love Latavius Murray. But he's going to be, I think, 33 next season. And Javante Williams, you've got to be fair to him, given the damage he had to his knee. He might not be ready until, let's say, late September or October. You can't just say, oh, he's going to be fine. He's going to be the guy from game one. I don't think that's fair to Javante. So that's the five. Three linemen, possibly a new receiver, and a new running back to get you through until you feel like Javante is ready. Good stuff, Troy. Appreciate it all season long. You did a great job. Hey, Troy, what's the what's the, what's the number one question you're going to ready to go do in open locker room today? Well, it's talking about the coach. I mean, that's all we're all talking about is the coaching search. They've requested permission for Dan Quinn today. They've permission, requested permission for D'Amico Ryans, a guy I know you well, know well, Orlando, and they've requested permission for Raheem Morris from the Rams. I would expect there will be a couple more, but the search is starting to take shape. It starts with Coach Adro today or tomorrow, whenever that interview is done in person, then a Zoom with Harbaugh, then it gets into Peyton, then Quinn, and then I said uh, Morris, and you look at Ryan's, you're seeing this coaching search really start to take shape. All right, thanks, Troy. Exciting stuff, Troy. Thank you. All right, that was Troy Rank at Denver 7, presented by ROX Rocks Heating and Air.